Hey guys, it's Erin with The Coloradoan, and you have the pleasure of listening to my lovely voice this week as I run down Northern Colorado's top news stories for this episode of In the Know. This episode will post Thursday morning, November 23rd, so happy Thanksgiving, everyone. I hope you're having a relaxing and calorie-filled day. So first up, I'm going to run you through the Coloradoans' top five most-read stories of the week. We have Alicia Stice's article on the first paved trail between Loveland and Fort Collins opening, which is pretty exciting stuff. We have Cassa Niedringhaus's piece on domestic violence, how high-profile cases have recently touched our community, and how widespread it is here in Larimer County. Cassa actually spoke about her story for last week's episode, hosted by Kevin Dugan, so feel free to go back and listen to their conversation if you haven't already. Next up is a story I actually initially covered this Sunday, when a man was tragically struck and killed on I-25 while trying to retrieve his dog that had jumped out of the car he was in. J.C. Marmaduke is following that story on our site right now if you're looking for further coverage. Cassa also wrote a story on Larimer County engineers examining an intersection after a fatal crash, and that was popular with our readers again this week. That November 9th crash, which Kevin talks about in last week's episode, resulted in the deaths of 17-year-old Poudre High School student Joshua Cortez and his mother, Kelly Cortez. Speaking of Kevin, he has a great story online now that really resonated with our readers this week. It's about a local woman injured in a Fort Collins car crash two years ago. The other driver you see had been fiddling with his radio when their cars collided and sent Linda Marr to the hospital with severe internal injuries and she was on a really long road to recovery. The two ended up meeting though and making amends. Last week they actually worked together at a local blood drive. So that story and all the other ones I just mentioned can be found online at coloradoin.com. So within the know, we typically reserve this portion of the episode for the most popular or engaged story of the week. This time, though, we'll be talking about a story that just posted. While it hasn't been online long, it's already proved to be really engaging, and it's a subject worth delving into. Basically, body cam footage from two incidents earlier this year were just released by Fort Collins Police and CSU's Police Department. And with me, I have Seja Hindi, who you all know as one of In the Nose rotating hosts, and Alicia Stice, who covers transportation, breaking news, and more for the Coloradoan. First up, we'll talk about an incident on July 1st of this year. 19-year-old Jeremy Holmes is shown in body cam footage during a confrontation with police on the southern edge of the university's campus. Here's Seja to run you through how that video unfolds to a tragic end. So, as Aaron said, police released two videos today from body-worn cameras from a police shooting on July 1st and another on January 21st. Um, from the July 1st shooting, one was from a Fort Collins Police Services officer, Officer Aaron Mast, and one was from a CSU Police Corporal, Philip Morris. In the first video from Corporal Morris, you can see him driving to respond to a report of a man, Jeremy Holmes, carrying a hunting knife near Prospect and Whitcomb. Jeremy's mother had called 911 to tell police Jeremy told her he was leaving to go kill his brother and sister-in-law who lived at Aggie Village. After Officer Morris gets out of his car in the video, you can see Morris repeatedly asking Holmes to drop his knife and Holmes responding that 
he wouldn't do that and that he wanted the officer to kill him. After telling him to drop it at least 36 times, another officer approaches, and that's Fort Collins police officer Aaron Mast. She was on the way to a burglary when she saw Officer Harrison made a U-turn and went to assist him. She yells at Holmes to drop the knife several times, and then as Officer Harris said he's going to try to use his taser, Holmes can be seen charging toward him. So both officers fired a total of six shots, and Holmes was pronounced dead at the hospital. Officer Aaron Mass was also wearing a body camera, and in that video you can see her driving toward the incident and responding from her perspective. The other body cam footage released today was of an incident back in January when Fort Collins police were responding to what ended up being a false report by a man who said an intruder had entered his home and stabbed his roommate. Uh, When cops arrived, Austin Snodgrass ended up approaching officers with a pellet gun that looked like a handgun, and he was shot. He survived and was sentenced to three years in county corrections. So I'm also here with Alicia Stice, uh, another reporter here at the Colorado Inn, um, and she reported on um, Austin Snodgrass. Um, So, Alicia, how often uh, do we receive this body cam footage from law enforcement agencies? What does that process look like? Is that something that's voluntarily released um, by the police, or is that something that we, as a news organization, have to request? How does that kind of go? So it's kind of complicated. We get the body camera footage every time that there is body camera footage, but that's not always the case. So the Larimer County Sheriff's Office, their deputies don't have them. Loveland police officers don't have them. So if an officer there shoots someone, we're not going to get that. But with Fort Collins police and CSU police, they're all wearing them. And so we will request that every single time. Um, But the thing that gets a little bit tricky is when we get it, because if there's anything that's ongoing as far as the investigation is concerned, they can't release it yet. So actually with Austin Snodgrass, one of the reasons that it took us so long to get the video, this happened almost a year ago. It was in January of 2017, and we are just now getting the footage. And that's because he survived his injuries and had a criminal case. So the police aren't going to release that video um, until his criminal case is concluded because it's it's evidence like they need it when he's being prosecuted he ultimately pleaded guilty to felony menacing so if that answers your question a little bit um, and, and if the person has died it's the same thing because it's still a homicide even if the district attorney determines that the police officer was justified they still have to investigate it and determine whether there was any criminal wrongdoing so as long as those review processes are going on, the video is sealed and we can't view it. But as soon as that's concluded, we request it. So with this, we technically filled out an open records request with the police department, but they expect everyone to request it. They actually held a press conference today and invited reporters to view it and distributed it. So um, they they know that we're going to be asking for it. It's kind of a formality. Um, but we, we do always request it as long as there is body camera footage. Um, thanks to Alicia and Seja for both coming in and chatting with me about these stories. Um, they are available on coloradoin.com, so hop online if you haven't read those stories yet. Um, and if you want to watch the uh, recently released body cam footage, um, just as a warning, it is graphic in nature. Uh, so definitely be beware of that. All right. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, Alicia. 
Thanks for listening, guys. That concludes the main segment of this episode of In the Know. I'll leave you with some details of stories that are coming out this week or early next. Make sure, as always, to keep an eye on our site, coloradoin.com, or follow us on Facebook as local stories get told and unfold. The Coloradoin's Thanksgiving edition is going to be a big one, chocked full of coupons and special offers, so be sure to pick one up for the bargain-hunting Black Friday shopper in your life. And this Sunday, check out business reporter Pat Barrier's piece on the growing prevalence of medical helicopters, and with that, the growing debate among Northern Colorado emergency responders on whether choppers are being overused. Reporter Cassa Niedringhaus has also been working on a story that gives readers a peek into the 16-month-long investigation into the murder of birthed teen Ashley Doolittle. Tanner Flores, Doolittle's ex-boyfriend, was found guilty of murdering the recent high school grad and rodeo queen in early October. So keep an eye out for that story, which is coming soon. Thanks for listening to this latest episode of In the Know. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday weekend. Until next time.